Welcome to season two of Vidgets and Aspects. I'm Rochelle. And I'm Lynn. And today we are talking about season two, episode one, called In My Time of Dying. Dun dun dun. I know. <laughs> Ominous as shit. <laughs> we start where the last episode left off, with the Impala getting T-boned by a semi-truck. Which is painful, by the way. Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> um, everyone in Baby is totally unconscious, which is hard to look at. Uh, the truck driver gets out of the semi-truck, and we see his eyes are demon black. He walks over to Baby and rips the whole driver's door off. Which is impressive. Yeah. But, like, also, don't do that to Baby! I know! I'm like, don't ruin her! <laughs> um, Sam opens his eyes and points the Colt at the truck driver. Sam says, get back or I'll kill you. I swear to God. The truck driver says, you won't. You're saving that bullet for someone else. Sam cocks the gun and says, you want to bet? The demon smiles and smokes out of the truck driver's meat suit. The truck driver says, oh my god, did I do this? Imagine how terrifying it would be to, like, all of a sudden wake up and know you did this terrible thing. Right. Like, oh, I know. That's, like, my worst nightmare. Ugh. I've never thought about that before. That's horrifying. Like, to all these people that are getting possessed, right? right. Like, they don't know what's going on. And yeah. then, I mean, sometimes, like with Meg, like, sometimes they're awake for it. But, like, not all the time. Right. You know? Right. Sam yells, Dad! Who doesn't respond. Then he yells, Dean! <laughs> Dean! Yeah, who also doesn't respond. Then we cut to the daytime. Dean is in a hel- Dean is on a Dean is in a helicopter. <laughs> wow, Dean is uh, in a helicopter and about to be airlifted to a hospital. Then we see Daddy Winchester is also on a stretcher but unconscious. Sam is awake but strapped down. He says to the paramedics, "Tell me if they're okay. Are they even alive?" Okay, I just have to say I do not remember that helicopter scene at all. It really? was like watching it for the first time. Like I don't remember any of that. Wow. I don't know why. Yeah. But I don't remember any of it. I remember Sam saying, are they even alive? But that was all I remembered. I was surprised to see a helicopter. Like, I don't know if we ever see another helicopter. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. We cut to a hospital. Dean sits up and walks out of his room. He starts shouting for Sam and his dad, but no one is around. He finally finds a nurse at a reception desk and tries to talk to her, but she doesn't hear him. Mm-mm. So he goes back to his room and sees himself lying in bed on life support. We, Too many tubes. I, oh, so many tubes. Not looking so hot. Yeah. <laughs> then we get our opening title sequence, uh, which is new for mm-hmm. season two. It's got a lot of fire going on instead of just the ghost stutter. Mm-hmm. And the little uh, funky A. Yeah, the like Pentagon A or whatever. Graham. <laughs> What? Oh, Graham. what did I say? Did Pentagon. I say Pentagon? <laughs> Pentagram. That's hilarious. I'm going to stick with Pentagon. Um, so, so Dean, uh, Dean's hanging out in his room, staring at his body when Sam comes in the room. Dean says, Sammy, looking good, considering. But Sam doesn't hear him. Dean says, man, tell me you can hear me. How's dad? Is he okay? Come on, you're the psychic. Give me some ghost whispering or something. <laughs> A doctor comes into the room and tells Sam that their dad is awake. Sam says, what about my brother? The doctor says he sustained serious injury, blood loss, contusions to his liver and kidney, but it's the head trauma I'm worried about. There's early signs of cerebral cerebral edema. I know. We won't know his full condition until he wakes up. If he wakes up. Most people with his degree of injury wouldn't have survived this long. He's fighting very hard, but you need to have realistic expectations. 
Dean says, come on, Sammy, go find some hoodoo priest to, oh, to lay, okay, go find some hoodoo priest to lay some mojo on me. I'll be fine. Sorry, my Hoodoo note. also? Hoodoo, not voodoo. Which, hoodoo. What? No. <laughs> I don't really know the difference, if there is a difference. I don't know. I always just assume that it's the same thing, just a different way of saying it. I know. Like, I, I don't know. I, I've been confused about this every time I've heard it. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, we cut to Daddy Winchester's room. He hands Sam an insurance card with the name Elroy McGillicuddy on it. <laughs> John asks Sam uh, what else the doctor said about Dean. And Sam says, if the doctors won't do anything, we'll have to. I'll find some hoodoo priest and lay some mojo on him. Uh, John says, we'll look for someone, but Sam, I don't know if we're going to find anyone. Sam's like, why not? I found that faith healer before. And John says, that was one in a million. Like, what a downer, dude. At least try and pretend like they might find something, you right. know? Come mm, on. Exactly. Exactly. Also, like, I'm kind of pissed that John is like, that was one in a million, because Sam called John when Dean was dying, and he found that faith healer, and John didn't even respond. Yeah. So it really pisses me off that he has even anything to say about this. Yeah. It's like, um, okay, he was, like, really dying before, and not that he's not really dying now, but, like, Mm -hmm. he he was dying before, and he didn't want anything to do with it, so, like, why do you have an opinion right now? Right. Exactly. (laughs) Sam says, so what, we just sit here with our thumbs up our ass? John says, no, I said we'd look, all right? I'll check under every stone. Where's the cult? Sam says, your son is dying, and you're worried about the cult? Fair question. For real. Mm-hmm. John says, we are hunting this demon, and maybe it's hunting us too. That gun may be our, may be our only card. Sam tells him that it's in the trunk. He says, they drag the car to a yard off I-83, John tells him to clean out the trunk before someone sees what's inside. Sam says he called Bobby, who's going to tow the car back to his place. John tells him uh, to meet up with Bobby, get the colt back, and bring it to him. Then John gives Sam a list of things he needs Bobby to pick up for him. Sam asks him what the stuff is for, and John says protection. Sam says, hey, Dad, you know the demon? He said he has plans for me and children like me. You have any idea what he meant by that? John says he doesn't, and Sam leaves the room. Then John's expression changes to extremely worried. The camera pans over, and we see that Dean has been in the room the whole time. He says, well, you sure know something. We cut to Sam and Bobby looking at Baby, who is completely totaled. Bobby says, look, Sam, this ain't worth a tow. I say we empty the trunk and sell the rest for scrap. But Sam says, no. Dean would kill me if we did that. When he gets better, he's going to want to fix this. Bobby says, there's nothing to fix. The frame's a pretzel. The engine's ruined. There's barely any parts worth salvaging. Sam says, listen to me, Bobby. If there's only one working part, that's enough. We're not just going to give up on... And so Bobby agrees. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's sad. (laughs) Sam hands Bobby the list of stuff that John needs. He says he needs the stuff for protection from the demon. Bobby looks shaken, and Sam's like, what is going on? <laughs> Something is fishy here. <laughs> yeah, something's not right. So we cut back to John looking at life support Dean. Spirit Dean says to him, Dad, you gotta help me. I gotta get better. I gotta get back in there. I mean, you haven't called a soul for help. You haven't even tried. Aren't you gonna do anything? Aren't you even gonna say anything? I've done everything you have ever asked me. Everything. I've given everything I've ever had. Now you're just going to sit there and you're going to watch me die? I mean, what the hell kind of father are you? He's pissed. This is like, 
the first time that you show him, like, being really angry at, you know, Daddy Winchester. Mm -hmm. He's not, I, I don't know, I feel like in the past he's been kind of like, eh, I don't know, but I'm still going with it. And now he's just yeah. like, enough! You know? How heartbreaking would it be to just watch your dad, like, not do anything to try to help you when you know yeah. there's stuff that could, you know, there's that he could do. stuff that could be done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Also, I like how, like, John does not you know, hear Dean and any, like, spirit Dean in any way. Yeah. But but Sam does, and it's really, it's really interesting. Yeah. Well, and I don't know, like, it's kind of interesting, because he didn't hear him, or else he probably would have said something. Yeah. But, like, it's Senses interesting him. how he's able to, like, pick the same quotes, you know, that Dean. Exactly. You know, yeah. yeah. As I wonder if it's just, be- I, I don't... I want to say that it's not because of Sammy's, like, weird psychic thing. I just want to yeah. say that they're just that in tune with each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Sam yeah. would pick it up even if he didn't have psychic boy thing happening. You know? <laughs> psychic boy. Yeah. <laughs> A little hand motion. <laughs> psychic boy. Psychic boy. That's what I think. I don't know. Uh, then we hear a rumbling sound, and we see a ghostly thing fly by the door. Dean goes to investigate and follows the thing into a room where a girl is lying on the floor gasping. Dean tries to yell for help, but of course no one hears him. The girl stops breathing and dies. I know. Good grief. So we cut to Sam walking into John's room. Dean says, Sammy, tell me you can freaking hear me, man. You got to bring me back and we got to hunt this thing. John says to Sam, you're quiet. Sam is super pissed off and says, you think I wouldn't find out that stuff from Bobby? You don't use it to ward off a demon. You use it to summon one. He's got plans. Yeah. You're planning on bringing the demon here, having some stupid macho showdown. John says, I have a plan, Sam. And Sam yells, that's exactly my point. Dean is dying and you have a plan. You care more about killing this demon than saving your own son. John says, do not tell me how I feel. I am doing this for Dean. Sam's or, like, I don't know. We don't really know at this point, you know? I mean, yeah, but just with history at that moment, you're kind of like, no, you're not. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. You're definitely not. Agreed. <laughs> Sam's like, how? How is revenge going to help him? You're not thinking about anybody but yourself. It's the same selfish as obsession. John says, that's funny. I thought this was your obsession, too. This demon killed your mother, killed your girlfriend. You begged me to be a part of this hunt. Now, if you killed that damn thing when you had the chance, none of this would have happened. Classic okay. turn around. Don't blame him for your problems, buddy. Also, that's super whack. <laughs> I, yeah, I do not appreciate John trying to make Dean, Dean almost dying here, mm-hmm. Sam's fault. Yeah. Uh-uh. Or just any of it. I mean, he's trying to make it all, like, I don't know. It seems like he just, like, will not accept responsibility for anything, mm-hmm. you know, and is like, oh, by the way, now this is what you've done, though. You know, and right. it's like, what? You know? Right. <laughs> What's happening? Sam says, it was possessing you, Dad. I would have killed you, too. John says, yeah, and your brother would be awake right now. Sam says, go to hell. Yeah, because that's my fault, Daddy-o. Oh, right. John says, I should have never taken you along in the first place. I knew it was a mistake. This whole time, Dean has been... Oh, sorry, that sounded weird. So, John says, <laughs> I knew it was a mistake. So then this whole time, Dean has been yelling in the background, trying to get their attention and trying to stop them fighting. He swings his hand at a water glass and it flies off the table and breaks on the floor. And he looks like 
perturbed by the fact that he was able to do that. Also, kind of like, oh. Yeah. He looks pretty thrilled, I thought. I don't know. I think he was like, what in the heck? And, oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he says, dude, I full on swayze that mother. Do you get the reference? Patrick Swayze. Yeah, yeah. Do, yeah. do you know what? Did you ever see the movie Ghost? No. So, in that movie, um, he dies and possesses Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, no. And they have a romantic moment at the pottery spinning wheel. Oh, no. Whoopi and Demi Moore, but huh. possessed by Patrick Swayze. That's so interesting. That's what it's a reference to. Huh. Yeah. Nope, haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, it's actually a really good movie. When they show the romantic pottery wheel scene, it's Patrick Swayze. Like, the actor is Patrick Swayze. Yeah. So it's not as weird as you think, <laughs> like in a in a whoopee way. For at, for at the time would have been would have been pretty radical. Not now, but because yeah, no. it's such an old movie. Yeah. Um, but anyways, <laughs> dude, I full on swayzy that mother. I love that line. Um, then Dean kind of crumples and starts flickering. He looks like he's in a lot of pain. Uh, we see a bunch of doctors and nurses running down the hallway, and Sam goes to see what's happening. So Dean has flatlined, and they're using the electric paddles to get his heart started. I couldn't think of the word for the the electric heart paddles. What are those called? Well, there's like an AED, and then that's... I don't know. You know, there's the AED, which is the portable, usually, ones. I don't know if it's still called an AED or if it's called something else. In the else. hospital, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Because it's like a machine, like a bigger machine, not just a... Right. Like, I would think it would be called... An AED as well. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've heard the term in movies and TV shows before. Who knows if that's sure. the real life term, but yeah. I couldn't think of even anything. Yeah. So electric heart let paddles. Us, <laughs> let us know, people. <laughs> yes. What are electric heart paddles? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, Sam and Spirit Dean are both watching, and Dean sees the other spirit hovering over his body. Dean says to it, get the hell away from me. Stay back. He screams, I said get back. And it looks like Sammy heard him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dean grabs the other spirit and it throws him into the wall, then leaves the room. Dean's heart starts back up. So spirit Dean says to Sam, don't worry, Sammy, I'm not going anywhere. I'm getting that thing before it gets me. It's just some kind of spirit, but I could grab it. And if I can grab it, I can kill it. Which, I mean, you know, to be fair, probably. <laughs> yeah. So Dean starts walking down the hallway and Sam looks at the spot where Dean just was. He can totally sense him. I think he can. He is. Like, I don't know if he can... He definitely can't hear him or else he'd be responding, right? Yeah. But, like, I think he's kind of, like... I feel like he's there and then gets, like, ideas, you know, about maybe what he said. I don't know. Yeah. Hard to tell. So, Dean hears a girl yelling, Can't you see me? Why won't you look at me? Somebody talk to me. Say something. (laughs) Dean finds her and says, Can you see me? And she can. They introduce themselves. Her name is Tessa. She wants to know what's happening and if she's dead. Uh, So they go and they find her room and they look at her body. Um, There's an older woman grieving at the body's side. She says she just came in for an appendectomy. (laughs) And Dean says, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I think there were some complications. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Way to break it to her gently. (laughs) Right. Right. I had an an appendectomy. When I was like nineteen, and it was it was like one of the worst pains ever. It was all on my back. Huh. It sucked. I have not had any history with my appendix. Oh yeah. <laughs> which I'm glad of. Ugh. Ugh. It was pretty rough. And then I like, cause I w- you know, I was raised 
to like not even take Tylenol or Advil. Like that's just like how strict my dad was with drugs and everything. So yeah. Um. So after the surgery, they gave me you know a bottle of Vicodin for the pain, mm-hmm. and the instructions say you know take one every four to six hours. So mm-hmm. I did that until the bottle was gone. Yeah. And then I had like horrendous withdrawals. Well, yeah. And I because I had no for... idea what was going on. I mean, I yeah. just didn't even know because I yeah. didn't even have any experience with it at all. Yeah. It's not like after. 10 of those pills I was still feeling good yeah from it you know what I mean so I was just like what is happening like I'm sweaty I'm shaky I don't feel good and he was the doctor was like did you take all those pills I was like well yeah the bottle said to and he's like oh you'll feel better in a couple days and then I just felt like a dumbass yeah you yeah. would think at, like, 19 I would get it, but I just didn't have any experience well, with it. Well, I mean, it. if nobody's ever told you about that or if you've never had to take those type of pills or yeah. anything before, like, you're not going to know that unless the doctor tells you. Also, that's, I would say that's on the doctor for that. That bottle because... definitely did not say as needed. Yeah. Because I've, I've been prescribed that since then a few yeah. times, and they always say as needed, but that bottle definitely didn't. Well, and usually the doctors tell you that, though. Mm-hmm. They're like, okay, I want you to, because, like, I mean, for me, any medication that I've ever gotten, they tell you like when they're prescribing it to you they're like okay I want you to go pick up this from the pharmacy or whatever and you are gonna do this they like take it this many times a day and yeah you know, for however you know like they tell you specifically yeah so I don't know oh, that sucks that's on the doctor yeah so that was shitty <laughs> so um Tessa thinks that this is all a dream but Dean says it's an out-of-body experience she says, what are you, some new agey guy? <laughs> he says, you see me messing around with crystals and listening to Yanni? It's actually a very old idea. Um, it's got a lot of different names. Bilocation, crisis apparitions, fetches. I think it's happening to us. If it is, it means that we're spirits of people close to death. She says, so we're going to die? And he says, no, not if we can hold on. Our bodies can get better. You could snap right back in there and wake up. So we cut to Daddy Winchester's room. He says to Sam, what do you mean you felt something? Sam says, it felt like, like Dean, like he was there, just out of eyeshot or something. I don't know if it's my psychic thing or what, but do you think it's even possible? Do you think a spirit could be around? John says, anything's possible. And Sam says, there's only one way to find out. So Sam goes to leave, but John says, wait, Sam, I promise I won't hunt this demon, not until we know that Dean's okay. Which is nice. Yeah. You know, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Because I kind of, I mean, he said that and I was still kind of like, yeah, right, John. I don't know if I believe you. (laughs) (laughs) So we cut to Dean and Tessa. Dean says, I got to say, I'm impressed. Most people in your spot would be jello by now, but you're taking this pretty well. Maybe a little better than me. She says, don't get me wrong. I was pretty freaked at first, but now, I don't know, maybe I'm dealing. Dean says, so you're okay with dying? She says, no, of course not. I just think that whatever's going to happen is going to happen. It's out of my control. It's just fate. Dean says, that's crap. (laughs) You always have a choice. (laughs) You can either roll over and die or you can keep fighting no matter what. And that's got to be like Dean's catchphrase to me, you know? Yeah. He's, you know, he said stuff, maybe not exactly that, but Mm -hmm. he said stuff very similar to that many times. Yeah. You yeah, know, like, that just seems to be like... You can't just roll over and play dead, you know? One of his, like, core beliefs, Yeah. You know? So, Dean hears an overhead announcement for a code blue, so he goes to investigate and tells Tessa to wait there. Dean sees the spirit hovering over a child while the doctors try to save her. He reaches for the spirit, but it disappears, and the child dies. 
So we cut to Dean's hospital room. Sam says to Dean's unconscious body, Hey, I think maybe you're around. And if you are, don't make fun of me for this. Mm-hmm. But there's one way we can talk. And he pulls out a Ouija board. <sighs> this is like hilarious and perfect and I love it <laughs> he's just like I I feel embarrassed that I'm doing this yeah. but I have to do this because I can't think of any other way <laughs> have you ever used a Ouija board nope never no oh my goodness I've never even like I mean I've seen a box with it in the store yeah you know, but like I've never touched one I've never yeah I have one upstairs right now I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> I my dad got it for me when I was like eight what I wanted one so they got me one. It was like a Christ- it was like a Christmas present. Uh, it's, on the box, it says you can be eight. It's for eight year olds and up. Apparently, summoning demons when you're eight is fine. <laughs> you, know? you don't have to wait till you're eighteen, folks. You can go right. and summon that demon right away. Exactly. Uh, sounds like a terrible idea. <laughs> okay, so only one scary thing has ever happened with my Ouija board, and I was at my friend's house. I think it was like ten or eleven. Um, she lived in this like condo. And we were upstairs. I don't know why we were upstairs. It was her and I, so Danielle and me, and her little sister, Michelle. And she was maybe like seven or mm-hmm. something. And we were, I don't know for what horrible reason, we were in the hallway right under the attic. <laughs> I don't know why we thought that was the place to do it. But like her parents weren't home. It was just us. So we're upstairs under the attic. And it's, so it's dark in the Probably because it was the darkest area in the house. Because it was like, you know, three in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, You're not going to so get dark The three else. of us have our hands on the planchette. And we ask some sort of questions. I don't even remember what. And um, the little sister gets a little spooked. And she gasped. Even though nothing happened. She just got spooked. She took her hands off. So Danielle and I both took our hands off right away afterwards. Mm-hmm. And after we took our hands off, it fucking moved. And it wasn't like us taking our hands off pushed it. Like, our yeah. hands were fully off, and then it moved. Just a little bit. Like, maybe two inches. But, nope. we, but we were like, holy shit, we're dying. Yeah. And just, like, ran away. <laughs> nope. That's the only weird thing that's ever happened. That sounds terrible to me. <laughs> yeah, I... Mm, it was The stories really that I've heard... Yeah. We'll probably save that for later. Okay. But... Oh, <laughs> I love it. It's just not good. None like, if good. you ever want to, I'm your girl. Like, no. <laughs> my, me and my Ouija board are ready. I never want to. That sounds like a terrible idea. Sounds like a fun idea. Okay, Lynn, weak constitution. <laughs> what do you not remember about this? Okay, but if I ever do get you into a haunted hotel room, like, we're bringing the Ouija board. Oh, no, because you're not going to get me into a haunted hotel room. <laughs> Okay, if I ever go camping with you, that's the deal right there. We have to bring it? We have to play it. If no. I ever go camping with you, uh-uh. then we're never going camping. Nope, I'd be more comfortable doing that in a house than outside. Well, yeah, because camping is fucking terrifying, Rochelle. It's not that terrifying. You're so wrong. <laughs> well, you're wrong about your Ouija board! <laughs> It's a terrible idea. You're starting to squeak like my son. (laughs) It's a terrible idea. Okay. All right. It's fine. We'll talk about it more later. Um, So Spirit Dean says, oh, you got to be kidding me. Sam sits down on the floor and sets up the board. He says, Dean, are you here? Dean sits down on the other side of the board and says, 
God, I feel like I'm at a slumber party. He's not thrilled. Yeah. All right, Sam, this isn't going to work. But it does. So Dean moves the planchette to yes, and they both look shocked. <laughs> what? Yeah. Sam says, it's good to hear from you, man. It hasn't been the same without you. Dean says, damn straight. Dean spells out the word hunt, and Sam asks if he's hunting, and Dean moves the planchette to yes. Sam asks Dean um, if it's in the hospital, what are you hunting? Do you know what it is? Dean says, one question at a time, dude. Mm -hmm. Dean spells out Reaper and says, I don't think it's killing people. I think it's taking them, you know, when their time is up. Sam says, Dean, is it after you? Dean moves the planchette to yes. Sam says, if it's here naturally, there's no way to stop it. Dean says, yeah, you can't kill death. To which I lull, okay? <laughs> I, I do lull. I'm, got, I'm not going to say anything else other than lull. <laughs> lull, bitches. Tee-hee? <laughs> 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 A little tee if yeah, you will. <laughs> yes. Sam says, man, you're, uh... Dean says, I'm scared, scared. No, he doesn't. Dean says, I'm... <laughs> I'm scared, Sam. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. No. <laughs> Dean says, I'm screwed, Sam. <laughs> a little different. <laughs> Sam says, no, there's got to be a way. Dad will know what to do. And he walks out of the room. He goes into John's room, but John isn't there. So we cut to John walking into the boiler room. He starts drawing on the ground with chalk. We cut back to Dean's room. Sam says, hey, so Dad wasn't in his room, but I got Dad's journal. So who knows? Maybe there's something in here. Dean says, thanks for not giving up on me, Sammy. <sighs> oh, the bros. I can't handle it. I know. I just can't handle it. And especially because both of them have been, like, there, quote-unquote, for the whole John mm-hmm. scenario and this, you yeah. know. And it's just like, listen, like, he's just like, thank you for, like, trying. I know. You and know? I wonder if, like, if Dean would have said that if Sammy could hear him, you know? Thanks for not, you know, how he's like, thanks for not giving up on me. I kind of feel like he wouldn't have. Maybe. You know, he's being a little bit more, like, vulnerable. Yeah. I feel like maybe in later seasons he would have, but not in the first season. Right. (laughs) So Sam finds a journal entry about Reapers, and Dean reads over his shoulder, then says, son of a bitch. (laughs) We cut to Dean finding Tessa in an otherwise empty room. Dean says, you know, you read the most interesting things. For example, did you know that Reapers can alter human perception? I sure didn't. Basically, they can make themselves appear however they want. Like, say, a pretty girl. You're much prettier than the last Reaper I met. (laughs) I mean, he's giving her a compliment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she is pretty. (laughs) Tessa says, I was wondering when you'd figure it out. Dean says, I should have known. That whole accepting fate rap of yours is far too laid back for a dead chick. (laughs) But, you know, the mother of the body, I'm still trying to figure that out. She says, it's my sandbox. I can make you see whatever I want. Dean says, what is this, like a turn-on for you? (laughs) Toying with me? She says, you didn't give me much choice. You saw my true form and you flipped out. Kind of hurts a girl's feelings. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I like that. The sass. Yeah. This is... But good. (laughs) I know, I know. I mean, that would hurt my feelings, too, if you freaked out like that if you saw me. Well, find it, jerk. I know. It's like one of those, like, if if he can't accept me at my worst, he doesn't deserve me at my best. That's you know? exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so she says, this was the only way I could get you to talk to me. Dean's like, okay, fine. What do you want to talk about? Tessa says, how death is nothing to fear. It's your time to go, Dean. And she puts her hand on his cheek. Very sweetly, actually. She says, you're living on borrowed time already. 
We cut to John. He's still in the boiler room. There's candles on the floor, and he's Latin chanting. <laughs> he cuts his palm open and drops a lighted match into a bowl. There's some fireworks, and then he stands up and looks around. Like, very clearly somebody set sparklers into two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's happening. I'm like, those are fireworks. Um, a janitor comes up, bu- comes up behind him and says, what the hell are you doing down here, buddy? John says, I can explain. The janitor says, yeah, you're going to explain to security. Come on, follow me. But John pulls out the colt and cocks it. He says, how stupid do you think I am? The janitor's eyes go yellow, and he says, you really want an honest answer to that? <laughs> you're con- you conjuring me, John. I'm surprised. I took you for a lot of things, but suicidally reckless wasn't one of them. John says, I can always shoot you. Yellow eyes says, you could always miss. <laughs> and you only got one try, don't you? Did you really think you could trap me? John says, oh, I don't want to trap you. I want to make a deal. Yeah. Oh. I was just going to say, Yellow Eyes looks delighted. He does. Okay. Like, I really like this actor that plays... I love this actor. This is... Yellow Eyes. Yeah. This is, like, my... I'm going to make a very bold statement here and say this is my favorite bad guy of the series. This is my favorite... This is my favorite actor in a bad guy. Bad guy and an actor. This is my favorite one. I, I, I love this actor so much. I've seen him in a few other things, and I just absolutely like loved him already. Yeah. And to see him here playing this character was just <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I just think he's awesome. I think there's a couple. There's like two or three. I don't know. It depends on what I, you're considering a bad guy. Oh, sure. You know? There's a couple others but, that I absolutely adore, but this yeah. guy is kind of my fave. Yeah. I think he is very, I don't know, and part of this is obviously, like, how they wrote the character, right? But, like, mm-hmm. he's very smart, and he's very, like, sly. He doesn't have to, like, get all in an argument and get all heated and everything to, like, cut people in half. Yeah, you know? like, totally. It's very, he's very, very, I don't know, like... It, it's hard to explain. You, I, like, hate the character because of what he did. Like, I, of course. I hate the thing for what he did. But mm-hmm. also, at the same time, like, I just love how the character is played. Yeah. You yeah. Know? I'm with you. Like, it's kind of one of those you love to hate him, but yeah, you still the, love like, him. Quirk, yeah, the quirks that he gives the character are yeah. just amazing. Are really yeah. yeah. So, we cut to Sam in Dean's room. He says, Dean, are you here? Couldn't find anything in the book. I don't know how to help you, but I'll keep trying, all right? As long as you keep fighting. I mean, come on. You can't leave me here alone with Dad. We'll kill each other. You know that. Dean, you got to hold on. You can't go, man. Not now. We're just starting to be brothers again. Oh, that got me right in the field. <laughs> I literally, like, single woman teared <laughs> when I watched this. I like I like watched it and took the notes and then I watched the whole episode without taking notes with my dad yeah. and my dad looked at me at this point and started laughing because <laughs> of the expression on my face because <laughs> I was just like oh <laughs> so we cut to Dean and Tessa Dean says look I'm sure you've heard this before but you got to make an exception you got to cut me a break Tessa says stage three bargaining. <laughs> Dean says, I'm serious. My family's in danger. See, we're kind of in the middle of this war, and they need me. She says, the fight's over. He says, no, it isn't. (laughs) And she says, it is for you. You're not the first soldier I've plucked from the field. They all feel the same. They can't leave. Victory hangs in the balance. But they're wrong. The battle goes on without them. Dean says, my brother, he could die without me. 
And Tessa says, maybe he will, maybe he won't. Nothing you can do about it. It's an honorable death, a warrior's death. Dean says, I think I'll pass on the 72 virgins, thanks. <laughs> I'm not that into prude chicks anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to point out that like the actress that played or plays this reaper Tessa yeah yeah Tessa like (laughs) props to her for not just like busting out laughing because yeah she was I mean I don't remember exactly what her face looked like but I just remember like as I'm watching it thinking like that would be so hard to not even like smirk a little yeah you know, like. <laughs> she says she says that's funny you're very cute <laughs> so she i think i don't remember i don't remember her face at all either but she was able to like take the sass with like humor i think yeah i just like remember being impressed that like that actress wasn't just kind of like <laughs> you know like. yeah yeah she's really good at being serious face yeah Dean says, there's no such thing as an honorable death. My corpse is going to rot in the ground and my family is going to die. No, I'm not going with you. I don't care what you do. She says, well, like you said, there's always a choice. I can't make you come with me. Look, you're not getting back into your body and that's just facts. So yes, you can stay. You'll stay here for years, disembodied and scared. And over the decades, it'll probably drive you mad. Maybe you'll even get violent. How do you think angry spirits are born? They can't let go, they can't move on, and you're about to become one. The same thing you hunt. That's like stabbing him right in the gut, too. Like, you could tell that he didn't, like, think about that. Yeah, well, I remember remember the first time I watched this episode, uh, that just shocked me. Yeah. You know what I mean? That Dean was about to become a spirit. Yeah. You know, like, you just, I never really thought, how how do ghosts actually happen, you know? So, of all the ghosts that we see in this show... I think they've all been given this choice and have denied it. I think, yeah, that sounds right. There might be a few exceptions, but I think that in general, that's what they're saying about ghosts, you know? you chose to stay around and this is what happened. I think there's a couple of them that, like, from what I remember... I think there's a couple different, like... A it's couple like some exceptions. Traumatic but. something or other, and they just like they're they didn't make the choice, but they I mean, subconsciously they made the choice of like I can't let go of this thing. Yeah. But like they didn't necessarily say, I'm not gonna go with you, you know? I see. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So we cut back to John. Uh Yellow Eyes says, It's very unseemly making deals with devils. How do I know this isn't just another trick? John says, It's no trick. I will give you the cult and the bullet, but you gotta help Dean. You gotta bring him back. Yellow Eyes says, Why, John, you're a sentimentalist. If only your boys knew how much their daddy loved them. John says, It's a good trade. You care a hell of a lot more about this gun than you do Dean. Yellow Eyes says, Don't be so sure. He killed some people very special to me. But still, you're right. He isn't much of a threat. And neither is your other son, of course. (laughs) The boys aren't much of a threat. I know. (laughs) Oh, Yellow Eyes. Um, Oh, buddy. Yeah. So he says, you know the truth, right, about Sammy and the other children? John says, yeah, I've known for a while. Yellow Eye says, but Sam doesn't, does he? You've been playing dumb. Okay, so (laughs) John knows about Sam and the other children, which means he knows about the psychic stuff Mm -hmm. and has for a while. Mm -hmm. And will not spill it. Okay, like, if your kid had that sort of, like situation, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it at the Mm -hmm. moment, but, like, 
if he was in that sort of situation, wouldn't and you knew something, wouldn't you like try and help by doing something, or at least yeah. like letting him know that this is what's going on, so at least exactly. maybe he's not like freaking out so much about it. Like I don't, I don't understand even even having watched the whole series, I don't understand why John kept this information from Sam. Mm-mm. There's no reason. It doesn't make any sense to me. John says, uh, "Can you bring Dean back? Yes or no?" Yellow Eyes says, "No, but I know someone who can. It's not a problem." John says, good. And before I give you the gun, I'm going to need to make sure that Dean's okay with my own eyes. Yellow Eyes says, oh, John, I'm offended. Don't you trust me? (laughs) Fine. Yeah. (laughs) John says, so we have a deal. Yellow Eyes says, no, John, not yet. You still need to sweeten the pot. There's something else I want as much as that gun. Maybe more. We cut back to Dean. Tessa says, it's time to put the pain behind you. Dean says, and go where? She says, sorry, I can't give away the big punchline. Dean looks like he's considering it, which is alarming as a viewer. I know. We're like, don't do it. Don't do it. (laughs) Um, uh, Tessa says, moment of truth. No changing your mind later. So what's it going to be? Then the lights start flickering. Dean says, what are you doing that for? (laughs) She says, I'm not doing it. Then a bunch of black smoke starts pouring into the room from a vent. Tessa yells, you can't do this. Get away. The smoke flies into her mouth and then her eyes turn yellow. Yellow Eyes says, today's your lucky day, kid. Then she puts her hand on his forehead, and Dean wakes up in his body. Um, thank God. Which, okay, and he just said that he couldn't do it. Maybe he had to do it while he was possessing a reaper. I don't know. I mean, I guess, but it was just kind of strange because usually, like, whatever is possessing a meat suit. Yeah. Or a not meat suit in this case. I mean, the reaper wasn't possessing a meat suit. Yeah. I mean, when you see her spirit i think i I don't really know i don't get it like it didn't i don't know that's that's always kind of confused me a little bit because he's like well i can't do it but i know somebody that can well yeah but isn't the thing that you're possessing usually like you're the one that has the power not the thing so like i don't maybe it's different with reapers yeah i I don't don't know. know So we cut to a doctor in Dean's room saying, I can't explain it. The edema has vanished. The internal contusions are healed. Your vitals are good. You got some kind of angel watching over you. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. The doctor leaves and Dean says to Sam, you said a reaper was after me? How'd I ditch it? Sam says, you got me. You really don't remember anything? Dean says, no, except this pit in my stomach. Sam, something's wrong. John comes into the room. He says, how you feeling, dude? Dean says, fine, I guess. I'm alive. John says, that's what matters. Sam asks John, where were you last night? (laughs) John says he had... (laughs) Straight to the chase. I know. Listen, buddy. Yeah. I went in your room and you weren't there. (laughs) Where'd you go? So screw you. (laughs) Yeah. John says he had some things to take care of. And Sam says, well, that's specific. (laughs) Did you go after the demon? John says, no. Sam says, you know, why don't I believe you right now? John says, can we not fight... You know, half the time we're fighting, I don't know what we're fighting about. We just go button heads. Look, Sammy, I've made some mistakes, but I've always done the best I could. I just don't want to fight anymore, okay? Sam says, Dad, are you all right? John looks like he is about to cry. I know, this whole time. His, like, chin is wobbling. Yeah. Ugh. It's hard to watch. I can't, like, okay, there is... Like, Sammy cries a lot, so Sammy cries <laughs> that a doesn't lot. bother me so much. Yeah. But whenever Dean cries, that, like, bothers me. I can't, like, I mean, as far as, like, no! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't cry! Yeah, you know, like, I know. You can't cry! 
I got a, I got a hard time with the like the a dad crying, just like a dad crying to his children. I yeah. always, whatever I'm watching, like huh. I always cry. I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, I I but this is another one like Daddy Winchester looking like he's about to cry yeah. made me way too sad. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't like it. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. You didn't like those feelings. No. <laughs> Um, he says, yeah, I'm just a little tired. Hey, son, would you mind getting me a cup of caffeine? So Sam goes. John watches him leave, and he looks so sad. Dean says, what is it? John says, you know, when you were a kid, I'd come home from, I'd come home from a hunt, and after what I'd seen, I'd be wrecked. And you'd come up to me, and you'd put your hand on my shoulder, and you'd look me in the eye, and you'd say, it's okay, Dad. Dean, I'm sorry. You shouldn't have had to say that to me. I should have been saying that to you. You know, I put too much on your shoulders. I made you grow up too fast. You took care of Sammy. You took care of me. You did that, and you didn't complain, not once. I just want you to know that I am so proud of you. And I am bawling my fucking eyes out at this point. Yeah. Like, ugh. For me, I'm, like, sitting there going, this is a goodbye speech, isn't it? You son of a bitch! You know? it, it absolutely no! is. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, why are you saying this stuff? John says, I want you to watch out for Sammy, okay? Dean says, yeah, Dad, you know I will. You're scaring me. John is, like, actually crying now. He says, don't be scared, Dean. Then he leans over and whispers something in Dean's ear that we don't get to hear. Why? I know. (laughs) I hate whispering. I know. Just say it. (laughs) Dean looks shocked and upset by what John is saying. Then John leaves and sets the colt down on a table in his room. We cut to Sam uh, walking to his dad's room, and we see John is lying on the floor, dead. Sam drops drops the cup of coffee he's carrying perfectly so that it doesn't tip over when it hits the floor, which is just an amazing camera shot. That's impressive. It was beautiful, like, like, in slow motion and everything. And did they try for that, or did that just, like, happen? Who you even know? knows? I don't know. It was gorgeous. <laughs> um, Sam runs to John and screams for help, but John is dead. The doctors and nurses try to revive him, but with no success. The screen goes black, and a doctor's voice says, Time of death, 10.41 a.m. And credits. That was brutal. What a way to start off a flipping season. That is the first episode of the second season, and it is fucking rough, man. Ugh. Like, that's that's one of my first thoughts about this episode is, why would you start off a season like this? Yeah. You know, like, that's a finale. Yeah. That is not a beginning. Like... It it was rough, and, and like suddenly it's like incre- an incredibly serious show. I mean, we haven't had a major death. Yeah, you know, this is our first major death because yeah. the whole point of season one was to find Dad. Yeah, you know, and here we found him, and we like and we two kill episodes him. And we kill him, him yeah. and then you kill him. Yeah, was such a strong actor too. I mean, they made you yeah. really care about the character. Yeah. You know, even if you don't agree with, you know, his yeah. whole life. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. I mean, the character is interesting because there's so many people, I don't know, to me, like, I think I've said this before, but, like, so many people either love him or hate him. Yeah. You know, like, they're just like, ugh, John yeah. Winchester. You know, it's like, okay. I love the man. I mean, I don't agree with a lot of, like, you know, how he had to raise his kids. Yeah. Like, I feel like I understand him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't think he's the best dad in the world. No. <laughs> I do love the character. Yeah, I think the character is really awesome. So I had one thought about this episode, um, and it was that one of the last things Sam said to his dad was go to hell. And, I mean, you make a deal with a demon that 
ends your life, I'm just assuming you go to hell. Yeah. So that was probably particularly brutal for me. Yeah. It's like, oh. I never I never noticed that. I, I've seen this episode quite a few times, and this yeah. is the first time I've ever noticed that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, because it's not the last thing he says to. Is that the it's last? It's not the last, last thing. thing. Oh, I was gonna say it's like it's, one of but the it's, last. It's things, one of the last things. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. <sighs> I just I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, one of my other thoughts about this. Um, so the Reaper Tessa is like way too soft-spoken for me it's creepy i mean and i guess she's like supposed to be that way a little bit you know but still it's just kind of like what you know like you are way too calm about all this even when dean's like and she's just like and then it's it's like almost the weird i liked it actually i thought that it was perfect i think that a reaper when they're trying to convince somebody has to that, you know, it's probably their job descri- description. I imagine yeah. them getting like job training yeah. on how to talk to different types of people. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. In, in their different scenarios. And I think that she was talking to Dean in the way she's been taught to reach out to somebody who, yeah. who is having those moments. Yeah. I mean, so. don't get me wrong. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm glad that they did that. It's just weird. You know, like just she did it too well. You know, <laughs> she was very good. But I think that that yeah. was the kind of. Um, the kind of thing that Dean needed. Yeah. You know what I mean? In that moment to stay calm himself and to actually Mm -hmm. understand what she was trying to say. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Not going to lie. Like, it kind of reminds me of like how you talk to Killian sometimes. Just like very (laughs) calm, you know, like, cause like sometimes people are not like if their kids freaking out, they're, they're just like, shut up, stop it. You know, like we're like, Oh my God. Just like, okay, let's, let's think about this. This is why we don't. And I was like, Huh, you know, like, I was watching the episode and I was kind of like, that's slightly Lynn. <laughs> you know, oh my like, god. You know, okay, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not always like that. <laughs> oh no. I have my moments. Every, oh yeah. I mean, everybody has their moments. Like, yeah. But for the most part, <laughs> you know, like, it's just kind of funny. I, was, I remember like, because this is what the second or third time I, at least that I've watched this episode and I was kind of like, Huh. You know, like, that's so funny. You know what? I'm just going to take that for a compliment. Yes, take it as a compliment. Thank You're you. calm. I'm like a You're freaking calming. reaper up in here. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm going to think about that next Is time I want to freak I can up. see you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to try and like channel that next time Killian is freaking out and like, just. Just to like, like calm reaper. Yeah, just to keep my cool. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, whatever works for you. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so my uh, my last thought about this is quite in the opposite direction. How the hell did Dean skip getting a hospital gown and get pants instead? <laughs> I had that thought too. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody I, gets that. I am just assuming that... Dean, like actual Dean body, was in a hospital gown. I guess. And but... Spirit Dean was like, "I'm not doing that." <laughs> it's just a mind block. Like, yeah, this cannot happen to That's me. That's what I thought because I, I had that. Like when he first got up, I was like, "Who gets hospital pants?" Nobody. I, I know. Like, you get your ass hospital. flapping in the wind. <laughs> Everything for everybody to see. Exactly. Uh, it was terrible. <laughs> I Anyways. love it. I totally love it. <laughs> Those are my thoughts. But anyways. Yeah. So favorite moments. What was yours? Oh, God. You know what? I love the whole, and we talked about this already, but, um, well, 
Oh, I love a lot of moments. Okay, I I'm gonna. There's, this is a good one to have a lot of moments. Yeah, I loved when Yellow Eyes w- was making his deal with John. Mm-hmm. I just I love. I know we just talked about, it, but I just love that actor so freaking much, and he just did amazing with the character. Yeah. Like I totally bought it, and um, I'm gonna drop a little bit of a spoiler. I think maybe it's not because I might be totally lying, but I think we see Yellow Eyes in another actor at some point. I don't Would you agree with that? On oh, we do. We I totally so. do. We totally do. Yeah, we absolutely yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not as good. It's not the same. Yeah, it's not. It's just yeah. not as good. So I just love this actor so much. And mm-hmm. his interaction with John there, just like the inflections and the quirkiness was just beautiful. It's like the calm chaos. Yeah. You know, like, do you, okay, have you seen those little charts that's like, the um like the good the neutral and then the yeah. evil or whatever or it's like you know there's like chaotic neutral chaotic evil yeah it's like that's like I don't even know what that would be on the chart but it's yeah. definitely like Erica spent like hours explaining those to me in like D&D terms <laughs> <laughs> so yes I get it <laughs> yeah but <clears throat> yeah that I he's somewhere on that chart <laughs> yes yes but definitely like calm it's almost like frustrating how calm he is because you know he's got the upper hand all the time yeah like he never he's never worried you mm-hmm. know like ever he's just always kind of like this is how this is gonna go down mm-hmm. and he's just very calm about it and explains everything away but it's aggravating because there's nothing you can do you know like right. or at least there's nothing they can do <laughs> nothing i can do you there's know? nothing you can do rochelle there's nothing i can do <laughs> I can't do anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but but yeah. Um Yeah, he that that's that's a good one. What was your favorite moment? Um well, I think one of my favorite moments, the one that stuck out to me the most was definitely um when he said um when when they were talking about baby after he had been like impounded or she had been impounded and yeah. was, like, sitting there at Bobby's. It's like, if there's only one working part, that's enough. Like, yeah. <gasps> We're talking about Dean, aren't we? Yeah. Also, yes. But yeah. still, yeah. It was just like, baby. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And, like, thank God that they did fix the car <laughs> because of later episodes, yeah. you know? Like, I'm not going to give anything away, but, like, yeah. it becomes very important. I mean, the car is always important yeah. but it definitely becomes like way more of a like the car is its own character exactly you know like there there's the boys and then there's the car you yeah. know <laughs> yeah it's just a little trio yeah that becomes more than a trio later on but it's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> do you have any references um i did have a reference so from this episode right at the beginning when they were talking about um or it, they weren't talking about anything. It was in the speaker in the hospital. It was. It said, "Doctor Bender, please report to the psychiatry ward." Oh yeah. Um. So I don't know. It was the weirdest thing because it's not really like a reference or anything. But I just kind of, as I watched it. Well, okay. So here's the thing: is I didn't even see this the first time. So I went back through to watch it again to see, like, because I was like, oh, I missed if like what city they were in or whatever. And so I went back through to watch it, and I watched a little bit. And they, I saw the, you know, Dr. Bender, please report to the psychiatry ward or whatever it was that they said. And I was like, huh. You know, like. Yeah. I don't, 
huh, you know, like, I, I, I need to look into this. Like, I don't know why. But so I found um, on... I want to say, like, usually names are pretty important on this show. They you know, they usually are. They usually reference something. And if it's not something, like, famous, it's usually somebody on, like, the crew. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who they've named someone after. They yeah. usually do that. Yeah. So, yeah. I just thought it was weird because it was, like, quiet enough and it wasn't even, like, if you weren't listening to it, you wouldn't have even, like, no, you just hear, like, a loudspeaker or an intercom throughout the hospital sort of mm-hmm. thing but um so there's a dr bender who was known for lecturing on parapsychology um he established an institute for psychology in freiburg germany um he was an investigator of the unusual human experience quote unquote <laughs> like poltergeist Ooh. and clairvoyance which that's i cool. thought was interesting it's like oh this is the trail we're going down yeah now. that's awesome um, so, one of his most famous cases was the Rosenheim poltergeist, um, which is a poltergeist um, bender named after where it was found in Bavaria, which was the town of Rosenheim. Um, okay. And, you know, I'd never heard of it. Oh, I'd, okay. I haven't heard of the specifics, but I have heard of Rosenheim poltergeist for some reason, like mm. whether it was mentioned somewhere. So, I don't know. Like, everything about this tickling my brain. Like, as the more I'm reading, I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. That's cool. What's happening here? I don't understand. I'm getting a reference, you know? Yeah. I'm I getting love- one. You're like, what's going on? What's happening? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Bender worked as a volunteer at a psychiatric ward um, or clinic in Freiburg. So he, and he taught psychology for two years. Um, he founded it's a not a un, it's a non university I guess called the Institute for Frontier Areas of Psychology and Mental Health in 1950. Mm-hmm. Um, all this he did while not really being a doctor. <laughs> oh, good. But so some people didn't really think he was credible, which I mean, understandable. Although here's the thing: is you to me in my mind, you don't necessarily have to have a piece of paper to know a lot about something, you right? Know? But if you're going to be practicing some sort of medicine, you should probably have that piece of paper, mm-hmm. you know. But anyways, I just thought it was interesting. And it, it, he just, I mean, he had a lot of credibility issues throughout, like, his life. Like, there's always people saying, like, um, I don't think so. Or, like, oh, oh you're not a doctor, though. But it, I thought it was interesting because it's, like, you know, Dr. Bender did the psychology ward. And it's, like, this guy who volunteered in a psychology ward yeah. and, like was super into that and yeah i i just i don't know what a rabbit hole i love it it tickled my fancy yeah (laughs) that's awesome yeah so that was my research for this one and our interesting facts from this one um so it the first one is this is the first episode to air after supernatural made the switch to the newly formed cw network the show had run on wb for its first season oh interesting which i did not know that yeah i didn't either at all to be fair, I didn't watch it on TV yeah, until, I didn't like, watch season it then, 10. So. I didn't watch it then either, so I didn't really know, like, when the CW started. So, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know it was on a different network at all, ever. <laughs> Our next fun fact is In My Time of Dying is a Led Zeppelin song. So, oh, okay. You know. That's fitting for Jensen, right? It's definitely cool. <laughs> um... When the yellow-eyed demon is possessing the reaper, the actress couldn't see due to the yellow contacts, so Jensen had to keep moving her hand closer to his face as seen on the gag reel, which I don't remember that. I but. do remember that. That's pretty funny. 
Yeah. Because she keeps, like, putting her hand out, but it's, like, nowhere near his head. Because, you know, she tries to put her hand on his head. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he has, he keeps, like, grabbing her wrist and, like, moving it over for her. (laughs) It's pretty funny. They did it a bunch of times. I, you know, I don't remember that, but I was, I'm sitting there going, where would they have even done that? But that makes sense. (gasps) You know what we should do sometime? We should do a podcast episode for the gag reels. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, for, like, the Supernatural gay girls. Yeah. So actually watch them. Yeah, and, like, take notes and, like, talk about them like they're a whole episode. <laughs> would that be fun to do or would that be stupid? I mean, I think we probably couldn't do a full hour, but we could do... Well, no, it would be, like, like a little... Not that our episodes are exactly an hour anyways. Like, right. some of them are 40 minutes. Some of them are, like, an hour and 15 yeah. minutes. Who really knows what you're going Well, think get. about it. Maybe you guys could give us a little bit of feedback on if that sounds fun or if that just sounds super stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, should we talk about the, the bloopers? Or yeah. No? But, yeah. Yeah. Give a, send us an email and let us know if you want to hear that. Yeah. We'd also, I think we'd probably just have to, like, record one and see what happens you know like yeah be like okay we can't do this you know i mean would it just be us laughing stupidly for a while i don't know i mean it very well could be right so okay there's also that to think of but <laughs> okay anywho um so when tessa says stage three is bargaining she's uh referring to the kubler ross model mm-hmm. um which describes the five stages of grief which are denial anger bargaining depression and acceptance huh which i feel like in this show there's a lot of denial and anger there sure is there's some bargaining there's but i don't know bargaining. if there's a, like they don't get into the fifth stage very frequently no there's a little <laughs> bit of depression yeah there's uh, i mean there's definitely depression yeah. but they don't usually get to acceptance nope no nope. or if you know, they, they're not able to get that far for outside reasons. Right, right. You know? But anyways, huh. <laughs> I don't want to give away spoilers. <laughs> um, so this, the last interesting fact about this one is Dean is not wearing his amulet in this episode. Oh, like spirit Dean? I mean, maybe. It must be. Yeah. I don't remember seeing it on him, but also I don't remember looking for it either. It's just kind of one of those things that it's always there, yeah, so you never, just never really, like, never pay attention it. to it, you know? Right. But... Interesting. Yeah. So, those are our interesting facts. Cool. For, um, our research for this week, um, Lynn looked up Ouija boards. <laughs> I mean, I have one. <laughs> so, there's so, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is off of the Ranker website. Mm-hmm. We seem to end up there. <laughs> Their articles Frequently. are like a little, they're like funny. They're almost satire, a lot of them. So yeah. I think they're hilarious. They're kind of goofy, but yeah. um, this one is 12 effective means of summoning spe- spectral forces with a Ouija board. Oh, good. I need to know that. <laughs> you might need to. I do not. <laughs> but I will teach you anyway. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so the first one is choose your group wisely. I mean. That makes sense. You know. Um, so it says, using a Ouija board is no different than having a party or creating the perfect playlist. All of the right pieces need to be in place. (laughs) You have to utilize the group's psychic energy. Um, so you need to, um, decide on what degree you'll need to touch base with something and maybe try different combinations of people to see if it works. Oh, weird. So this sounds like they're trying to summon something very specific. Right. You know, like, if you can't summon this thing, throw somebody else into the group. Maybe delete this one. Who really knows? That's interesting. I like it. I mean, I guess it is like making a playlist, but... Yeah. um, The the group should consist of a leader who controls the session and asks questions 
two or three energizers who touch the planchette and provide psychic energy for the leader, and one person who acts as a documenter who takes notes of everything that comes out of the session. Oh. Apparently you need to write it down. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want written evidence. (laughs) I know. That sounds like a bad idea. I think it sounds great. (laughs) Um, So the next one is meditate before your session. Um... (laughs) Five to ten minute guided a five to ten minute guided meditation should help you balance your chakras and focus your mental energy. Even if you're not sold on chakras, it never hurts to shut off everything for a few minutes. I agree. Yeah, yeah. shutting off everything for a few minutes is a great way to live. Yeah, it <laughs> just is. Just every once in a while, just go brain dead for a second. I don't seconds. do that enough. <laughs> I don't either. It's like. I sometimes, I yeah, sometimes when I can't sleep at night, like, that's what I have to do. I have to, like, I, like, think about, like, every part of my body, like, starting at my toes and, like, relax it, like, yeah. all the way up to the top. Yeah. And usually I can fall asleep doing that, but. I've done that a few times. And you know how I learned that? Okay, so funny mm-hmm. story. So, <laughs> I was camping one time. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and someone was like, hey, I brought my Ouija board. No. <laughs> so, oh, uh, so. We were camping with my aunt and uncle and some of my aunt and uncle's friends. So uh, the girls are about my brother and I's age. Um, Mm -hmm. Fiona and Colette, if you're listening, shout out. Anyways. (laughs) Hi, Fiona and Colette. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm sure they might remember this, might not. I don't know. But we were in the tent and we all go in and we had been sitting around the campfire or whatever. And I go in there and I look down and there's a daddy long legs on like my chest on my shirt and I just like freak out right and I'm like oh my god you know and I'm like I like brush it off and I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god I'm like I don't know if I brushed it off and it landed somewhere else or if this was a completely different one because literally like a few seconds after that I turn around and look on the opposite side on my back and there's one sitting on my shoulder back there oh no and I'm like oh my god I'm, like, getting goosebumps talking about this. Look at this. Oh, oh my God, you oh. are. Like, <laughs> you. <laughs> but I, like, freaked out, right? And I'm, like, I, like, ran out of the tent. And I'm, like, somebody needs to check the tent because there's some spiders yeah. in Amazon. And I'm, like, freaking out. And I, like, would not go back in the tent until they found them and killed them. That's my thing is, like, after a spider has been found and killed or I know that it's, like, not going to be bothering me. Mm-hmm. It's okay, but unless there's some sort of resolution to the spider problem, yeah, I will not sleep and I will not go in that area. You know, like, it's just, nope, not a thing. Ugh. And so they go in there and they're using the flashlights because it's dark outside, right? And they're, like, trying to find these spiders and I, like, they can't find them. And they spent, like, a good, like, ten minutes, like, shaking everything out and, like, going through all this stuff and, like nobody could find it and I'm like oh my god you know like I'm just like freaking out and I think I must have been probably in like maybe middle school I don't remember exactly when it was but I was definitely younger and (laughs) so they finally like they my my aunt convinces me to go back in the tent Mm -hmm. and she's like okay get in your sleeping bag and I'm like I can't and, you know, like, uh, and I'm like freaking out so I finally get in my sleeping bag and I lay down and she's like okay like and she starts like talking me through like you need to relax and go to sleep she's like think about relaxing your toes 
okay, now think about relaxing and like walking me up, you know, and like, yeah. and that was the first time I've like ever encountered that ever. And, oh, wow. but I mean, it worked. I fell asleep. Right. Cause I'm yeah. like, okay, focus on that. Don't focus on the spiders. Right. Focus on that. Don't focus on the spiders. You know? And, and I fell asleep. But like, since then, every once in a while, if i like just cannot sleep for some reason, mm-hmm. I can't relax. Then I'll sit there. And I'm like, okay. Like, I'll, like, think about my feet relaxing, and then I'll think about my legs relaxing, and then I'll think about, you know, and it's just like, oh, you know, like, okay. But, yeah. Anyway, speaking of spiders, for this, for oh, no. using a Ouija board, make use of a protection prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, I should have done that. <laughs> um, which I think is, like, not hilarious, but kind of ironic. Like, I'm going to summon something scary. I'm going to pray about it. Yeah. What? You know? Like, well, I don't think everyone who's summoning, not summoning, but like using a Ouija board is trying to summon something evil. No. You know what I, I mean? Think, I mean. But I think people usually go about it just trying to f- see if anything's around, anything at all. Yeah. You know? I mean, but you're still summoning something. Like, that's the whole point is yeah. trying to get it to, like, communicate with you. Right. So, I mean, whether it's evil or not so evil, I don't know, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> but, so, um... This says, it may seem cheesy, but if you're planning on speaking to something from beyond the grave, then you should do everything you can to protect yourself by being attacked by a malevolent force. No kidding. Right. So, there's a classic protection prayer from the psychic well, whatever that is, which I read through this and I thought it was kind of funny just because it was like, what? You know, like, I want to bring this thing around me, but I don't want it around me. Like... Right, right. So it says, may this session be surrounded by golden light. May this golden light protect us from negativity. The opposition forces, the dark side. (laughs) And any entity that may try and harm us. May we also be surrounded by a crystalline dome that will reflect back any such negative forces that may get through. Interesting. Okay. Literally, like, okay. In church terms, you are praying a hedge of protection. Yeah. (laughs) Around thine self. (laughs) What? You know? (laughs) I don't know. I just, I thought it was interesting. I was just like... You're going to pray and then go about doing something not so, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be fair, it's not like a typical, I mean, like what I would call a typical prayer. You know, it's more right. of like a, please don't eat me before I, you know, summon you. you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, but the next thing is to draw a magic circle of salt. <laughs> oh, hey, Supernatural. Hey. <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, So it says to make a magic circle of salt around the place where the board is being used. Um, Salt should go to your, salt should be your go-to magic circle ingredient because it absorbs psychic energy and binds to its own structure. Um, Or binds it into its own structure, sorry. It's believed that once safely inside the protective circle, everyone inside is safe from any demonic influence or assault. (laughs) Hopefully you don't need to do that, but better safe than sorry. Yeah, for real. (laughs) So, the next thing is use a clairvoyant to boost your spiritual energy, which, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Right. Somebody that, um, you know, is versed in that to do right. your dirty work for you, I guess. I that makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they can, um, appa- apparently their thing is also, like, they can shut a session down if a spirit gets too feisty. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, 
The next one, perform a ritual, uh, perform the ritual in a dark room with no distractions. I'm struggling with English, y'all, and I'm sorry. <laughs> You're doing fine. You're doing totally fine. Um, so it says, when it comes to ritual magic, the more distractions you have, the less likely it is that you'll be able to conjure a demon, speak to the dead, or perform any kind of spell. Um, if you're going to have some lights in the room, just have them be candles. Um, not only do you want to create a spooky mood, but too much light can scare off a spirit. Okay. Um, next one, don't goof off. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, anyways, um... So everyone involved has to be really into creating a magical atmosphere. You won't be able to communicate with everyone. Make sure the spirit, or communicate with anyone, sorry. Make sure the people who are involved with the session think, wait, what? Make sure the people who are involved with session thinks that you're doing, that what you're doing is a joke that creates negative energy. Make sure no one I'm thinks pretty that sure a that, yeah, no one. Yeah. Typo ranker, that's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> But it can ruin it or call out an evil entity. Okay. If you're goofing off. Because they're just like, oh, really? You want to mess around? Yeah. So here's a story about, Ooh. like, you want to mess around and you think that this is just fun and games. It's not. Tell you know, me. Like, so, oh, I, I hate this story, but it's like, this is the reason why I would never even, like, touch a Ouija board. Okay. So my mom, when she was in the youth group at her church, apparently her church had a Ouija board in there somewhere and like with all the games that the youth group would play with that's weird what you know that seems i don't understand and from what i remember her telling of the story um and i don't know if she was like in the room i never really was clear on that if she was in the room or if somebody just told her about it afterwards or what so it's open to interpretation whether this is actually legit or not but Mm -hmm. um this there's a bunch of kids messing around with the Ouija board and playing with it and whatever and the one kid was like I don't believe that those things are real it's so stupid nothing can ever happen with this and going on and on and on about how like none of it's real it's all fake blah 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 blah. there's no way that this could be a thing and the kid literally flew across the room and had to go to the ER and he had gashes on his back that had to get stitched oh my gosh like I mean, that's like, you don't mess with, like, this is real, you know, like, you don't mess with this stuff, and that's why, I mean, and, like, I mean, me and my own personal beliefs, like, I do think it's real, and I'm not gonna mess with it, you know, like, (laughs) no thank you, not today, sir, you know, (laughs) but also, like, I don't know, it's just kind of one of those, like, why would you say, I don't know, if you even have an inkling of an idea that this might be real mm-hmm. why would you say stuff like that to piss it off you know right. like that was just stupid that was just stupid and like apparent I don't know like I don't know how credible it is or if it was kind of like one of those that you know so and so told so and so which then changed it into this and oh, then yeah. they told you know but still like sketchy enough to where I'm not touching that thing. yeah <laughs> like none of it I'm not messing with any of it ever that's but, awesome yeah just mm so yeah don't mess with Ouija boards and piss off a spirit because you might end up in the hospital. Yeah, well, you're not supposed to piss it off. This is your public everyone, service announcement for the day. Everyone knows that. <laughs> like, mm-mm. Ugh. Anyways. Um, so the next thing is remember to keep your hands on the planchette at all times. I think that's pretty yeah. obvious. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't want to, like, be like, oh. I, I mean, their whole reasoning with this is, like, you ask it a question, and then you don't let it give you an answer. Sort of, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, whatever. Um, 
but <laughs> the next one. The more astute your questions, the better creature, creature you'll find. Okay. So if you ask smart questions, you'll get better answers. Okay. I or guess. Or talk to things that have more knowledge. I don't know. <laughs> like. Okay. <laughs> um. So it says it's important to remember that if you want to have a memorable Ouija session, then you should try to have an interesting conversation with a spirit rather than just trying to figure out who has a crush on you in your study hall. Uh, (laughs) You can actually improve yourself through a Ouija session, but if you decide to have a session where you ask lower quality questions, then you'll attract a lower level spirit who might take out their sadistic sense of fun on you. So apparently the smarter spirits are less violent. I guess so. I don't know. It doesn't... Huh. I mean, to me, it just doesn't compute, but I mean, yeah. you would think it's just the luck of the draw, but right. I don't know. Anyways, um, so the next one, don't try and summon a demon drunk. Oh. I mean, you know. <laughs> that, yeah, I mean, I could see how that's a bad idea. <sighs> so it says, when you're taking part in any magical ritual, you should do it with a clear head. It's important to stay f- positive and focused on the task at hand. If you're drunk or stoned, then you risk the... You run the risk of futzing up the whole thing and calling out some sort of demon, or even worse, nothing could happen at all. I feel like the demon would be worse than nothing happening at all. <laughs> I'm going to agree with you. I mean, <laughs> what? You know, I don't understand. I don't, oh. This doesn't make any sense to me. Like, Right. Well, I think people playing a Ouija board want something to happen. This so, is true, yeah. but, like, depending on what it is that you're getting out of this, it might be better that nothing happened at all. Right. Just, you know, throwing that out there. It says, remember, there'll be time for a well-earned drink while you're decompressing from chatting with a spooky thing from beyond the grave. So, you know, afterwards. Do yes. it afterwards, folks. Um, this the, this one says, open a doorway to make things exciting. Um, so, it says... Almost every website that tells you how to use a Ouija board says the last thing you should do is ask for physical proof of a demon's existence by saying something like, show yourself, blow out the candles, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, saying that kind of thing gives the spirit permission to leave the board via the doorway you've just opened. Oh. If you want to effectively speak to something beyond the grave, then opening a doorway may be your best bet. Just be safe, or at least be comfortable with living with the demon for the rest of your life. Oh, no. So, apparently, like, if you open a door that, like, lets them in, like, if you're in your bedroom and you open the bedroom door, like, that's supposed to be more inviting, like... No, I think they mean, I think they mean it metaphorically, like, like, I think it's saying to invite them to blow out the candle, and that that creates a door. Oh, that's true, yeah. I think, I think that's what but they're But then saying. it says opening, open it, well, I guess open a doorway to make things exciting, but do yeah. you want it, like, getting out and about? No. Yeah, I think that's a bad idea. But also, do I want proof more than I care about consequences? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so. You live in a whole different world than I do. <laughs> Just thinking about uh, it makes me, like, yellow. You know, like, yeah. No thanks. <laughs> um. So, the last one is be specific about to whom you wish to speak. Okay. Um, if you want to chat with someone specific from beyond the grave, then you should make use of their particular sigils. Um, sigil work is a little more complicated than using the board to speak to random non-corporeal beings, so you don't want to try this on your first go, but it's something to work towards. That's pretty cool. Apparently, you want to get really into it so much that you know the signs for people and, like, here's your sign. I'm going to summon you specifically. I like it. Which I can imagine that's what Daddy Winchester did with the yellow eyes there. So, I mean, you know, it all ties together. That's pretty cool. (laughs) 
But, um, so what's your idget or ass butt moment from this week? Oh, man. <laughs> this one's a doozy. So, um, we normally record our podcast on Monday nights. And so last, last night, today is actually Friday. Um, last Monday, Rochelle came over and we did our normal amount of drinking <laughs> before we started the podcast. So we have, um, we have like the tall shot glasses. So it's basically a double shot. So we did, we each had two doubles of what was it? What were we drinking? Uh, some sort of rum vodka Thing. We mixed know. them together because yeah. we thought this will be tasty, yeah. and everything was cool. Like we're we're having a good time. <laughs> we start trying to podcast, and I am getting more and more and more drunk. <laughs> and I, you might actually hear it because the the first six minutes of this podcast are are. Our Monday night. <laughs> we decided to not get rid of it because we didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, but you'll so. have to let us know. So this is the first six minutes of this podcast. We are super drunk, and I don't know what happened. Like, like I said, we normally have that much, and it's we get a little tipsy, and it's fine, and we do our podcast. But um, this time, man, the, the okay. notes. I, I couldn't even focus on the notes. It was awful. So I was just like super tired. Like I, I don't even know. Like I'm obviously it was the alcohol, but like. For some, like, I felt like I couldn't, I was talking really slow and just kind of like, oh. I think you know, I was, like, like, slurring and I just, I could not I think my you notes. sounded okay when we listened to it. All right. I, I can tell. Know. So, anyway, so so after six minutes, I, I make Rochelle, like, stop the podcast. I was like, dude, I cannot do this. She's like, you're doing fine. I was like, I cannot read my notes. Like, I just need a break. She's like, okay, well, let's just, like, lay down for, like, half an hour. You can take a nap. I'll watch some Supernatural. You go on one couch, I'll go yeah, on the other. Yeah, so and I'm watch I get on the couch and I pass the fuck out. Like, I passed out. And I think it was only for like five minutes because you weren't that far into Supernatural. No, but I woke up and I was like, what is going on? And then I passed out again. And it just happened like that for like half an hour. Yeah, we got through like half of an episode. Yeah. We got through. I got through half of an episode. I was just in and out of consciousness. Like, what is even happening? This has never happened to me before. It no. was so embarrassing. I mean, like, sure, I've drank in, like too much. And after hours of that, you know, yeah. then I'll then I've passed out, but I've never done it so <laughs> soon after drinking because it, was, it wasn't even like half an hour after we had, it was just. I think part of it is that it's been so hot here lately. It's yeah. been in like the 90s, which, okay, you know, some of you like Arizona folks and whatnot might right. just be like, pshaw, you know? Yeah. However, us Washingtonians are not used to this sort of climate. No. And not only that, but because we're on like the west side, the mountains, like, keep all of the, like, the moist air over here. And so, like, if you go to eastern Washington, it's dry, it's warm, it's fine, and there's usually a breeze, like, all the time. But here, there's not really a breeze, and the air is just, like, stagnant, so you're just, like, sluggish anyway. So I think, honestly, that might have been part of it, too. Yeah. Because I do remember we were, like, really warm, and we're sitting there going, can we leave the the back door open while we're doing this? Yeah. Also, I think my medication is, like, because I'm not really supposed to drink very much so it's been a little unpredictable like okay I had that amount of alcohol a couple days before yeah and I didn't even get tipsy yeah you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. like it just I don't know I'm I'm just guessing but I am wildly embarrassed by my behavior (laughs) I am really really sorry that I couldn't keep podcasting Rochelle it was so embarrassing (laughs) so that was my I was so tired at that point anyways that I was kind of like 
you know, I'm okay with this. Yeah. You know, like, I just yeah. like, I got too drunk to podcast, you guys. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> so what was your idget or ask that moment? So my idget moment was, okay, so let me just preface this with, I have an issue with sunscreens. Okay. Like, some of them work well if they don't have, like, oil and all that sort of stuff in them. But mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, if it's just me or if it's the sunscreen or whatever. But if it's oily or if, like, it's not – and pretty much if it's just not specifically, like, a couple of brands, for some reason I burn more with it. Like, I put it on and it's fine for, like, maybe a half an hour and then I fry. And, oh, like, no. way worse than what it would have been if I didn't put any on at all. Mm-hmm. And so it, Neutrogena, for some reason, is, like, the worst one for me. Anytime, like, whether it's the spray-on or, mm-hmm. the, like, just regular, like, lotion – it doesn't, like, I can't do it. It makes me burn so bad, and I don't know why. Weird. And not only that, but, like, regular sunscreen kind of stinks. So here's to the Hawaiian brand, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It smells good, and it's a dry one, so it's not you're all not all sticky and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, um, <laughs> so I went to Seafair, and we're sitting out there, and I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'm in shorts, I should probably put on some sunscreen, you know, and like the top half of me. So when I go to the barn and I'm cleaning out buckets and all that sort of stuff for the horses, like I wear jeans, you know, and Mm -hmm. boots and then I'll wear like a tank top or something. So like my shoulders and like my chest and my upper back a little bit are a little tan already. So usually once I tan, Mm -hmm. it's not bad. And then I just like keep tanning after that and it'll just get darker and darker. But if I don't have a tan already established, Mm -hmm. I burn like like nobody's business. I get so red, it's ridiculous. So I put this unknown substance of sunscreen on mm-hmm. my legs, right? Because I'm sitting out there going, okay, you know, starting to get a little warm. My skin's starting to feel a little toasty. I should put on some sunscreen. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I didn't bring mine, so here goes nothing. And I put my my dad had brought this like SPF 70 or something. And I'm like, okay, like even if it is oily, it's got a high enough SPF. Hopefully it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. It, my legs got so red, I had to wear a skirt the next day to work because I couldn't stand putting on pants. And I was like, oh my god. And it was only, like, really where I put the sunscreen, like, right where the sun, I was feeling sun before. Yeah. Like, I just smeared it down that, like, stripe on my leg. So my leg, like, not even my whole leg is sunburned. It's literally just, like, where the sun hit it in that specific direction where the sunscreen was. I burned. And I don't know. Like, my shoulders got a little bit toasty, but it was gone in, like, a day, you know? Yeah. And I'm sitting, like, even now. So that was Sunday. This is Friday. My legs are still red. Like, you push on them. I mean, they're not even really that red anymore, but they're still, like, you push on them, and then you can still see my fingerprints for a couple, like, for oh, a little man. while afterwards. And, I mean, they're itchy now. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're going to turn into quite the tan, but they still feel warm and all that sort of stuff. So... That was my Egypt moment for the week was putting on sunscreen, apparently, but yeah. also not just being like, hey, can we sit in the shade while we're <laughs> sitting right next to a lake and, like, for hours, right. you know, I don't, whatever. Oh, but that sounds so painful. That was my, my Egypt moment, for oh, sure. sorry. I did a dumb thing. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all good. It'll go away. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. Or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspets, a Supernatural Podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.